Thank you and good evening. As we continue with the fruit of the Spirit, as I told you earlier in this series, this isn't like going to the farmer's market and touching all the tomatoes or the peaches and seeing which one you like best. We are supposed to have all nine of them. And we are not to pick which ones we want. We are to tell the Holy Spirit to develop this fruit of the Spirit in my life. Especially though, if you recognize a specific area in your life where I need more of that. We've covered love, joy, peace, patience, and tonight we're gonna to talk about gentleness. And that's not a, a word that men in our society lean to, gentleness, what are you talking about? But after I explain it to you and explain to you what it means, you may find tonight that the Holy Spirit is tugging to you and the two areas that I want to address, and I mean no criticism or no judgment whatsoever to anyone. But you know what it's about? It's about anger. It's about abuse. And if you are an abuser, I'm reaching out to you tonight to give your heart to God. But perhaps someone abused you when you were small. And then if you are living with an abusive person, and you know, there's more than physical abuse. There's spousal abuse, verbal abuse, uh, emotional abuse, financial abuse. There's all kinds of abuse. And we were never meant to do that to one another. We were meant to be gentle with each other. Now, I'm not talking about this kind of gentleness. I'm talking about the ability to control when something drives you towards anger. And I know we all get moments where we become angry about things. But what we do with that anger is the sin. In Ephesians, the Bible says, be angry, but don't sin. So it's not that you're never supposed to get angry, but to be careful about what you do with that anger. So I wanna to talk to you about having gentleness with others. The world might interpret gentleness or meekness as cowardice timidity or lack of strength. But the Bible describes it as not being vengeful, not being bitter, not being unforgiving. It is a quiet, willing submission to God and others without the rebellious, vengeful self-assertion that characterizes human nature. A willing submission to God. In that moment, God, I submit to you. You control me now so that I don't harm another person. Well, the Greek word translated gentleness was used to speak of a soothing medicine. It was used of a light, cool breeze and of a colt that had been broken and tamed, whose energy, this horse, could be channeled for useful purposes. It also describes one who is tender-hearted, who's pleasant, and who's mild. And if you recognize that in your circle of friends or someone that's not pleasant, you know, the Bible says, have nothing to do with an angry person. No, not even to eat with them, lest you learn their ways and you become like them. And I'll make this statement right now. I'm not afraid to do this. If I'm challenged, I'll explain it to you. Anger is not from God. Anger 
is from Satan. And if people say to me, well, what makes you say angers of Satan? It's not of God. That's not God's ways. God's ways are gentle. God's understanding with us. God is very kind to us. But an angry person inflicts harm. And those who, I'm not saying never get angry. I'm saying those who stay angry and hurt with their anger. That's not of God, but God's grace and his mercy are available for you also. Let's give God a hand of praise. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, put on the garment, so clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, and with patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So what this gentleness is, is power under control. Say that with me, power under control. Gentleness is not wimpiness, though. Get that clear. It is power under control. But under whose control? We tend to be concerned to how we are viewed by others. This is not necessary in the life of a Christian, to be concerned how others view us. That should not be our concern. We, at all times, need to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. How many would agree with me on that? Let's try it again. How many would agree with me on that? <laughs> and you know, I'm sorry I have to do that, but do you know that this, what you're seeing up here tonight, goes all over the entire world Amen. online. And so other Christians may be watching this tonight, and they're even listening to me say this right now. And when I share truth with you and they see Christians in America going, <laughs> they go, they may not be as interested as we are, they're saying. So let's show them again how much we appreciate God's love. There you go. Praise you. Praise you. So we at all times need to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. He teaches us to be just like Jesus, though, in our thoughts, in our attitudes, in our decisions, in our ways. That's the motivation. That's the goal you need to aspire to, male or female, to be like Jesus in your attitude. Be like Jesus in your ways. Be like Jesus in your thoughts. None of this has anything to do with your race or your social status. Well, you know what, bro, that's the way we are. No, it's not. Christians are not that way because our Savior's not that way. So are you gaining your responses or your reactions from Hollywood or from the Holy Spirit? That's something you need to answer. So why is gentleness not approved in our culture? Gentleness in word and deed is not a popular characteristic in our world. You don't see it in Hollywood. You don't hear it in songs. You certainly don't hear it in rap music. So whatever you're listening to is going to dictate the direction that you go when you have a decision to make. What is popular is aggression. The world glorifies power, meanness, and rudeness. We throw each other under the bus 
by saying mean, bigoted, racist, sexist things than say, hey, I'm just joking. What's the matter? You can't take a joke. That's not the way it's supposed to be. We intentionally wound people, then excuse it because, well, I'm just speaking my truth. But what about his truth? We think nothing of verbally attacking another just because their beliefs are different from ours. We criticize, we slander, we hide behind computer screens while hurling insults at strangers. We are all too eager to pounce on another's perceived weaknesses. We do not live in a gentle world. I understand that. But we think this, if you're going to make it in this world, you have to do whatever it takes to them before they get you. Again, that's not God's way. God's loves, God loves his children. God will protect you at all times. God will care for you at all times. Praise God. Come on. Well, men don't want to be viewed as gentle because it's too feminine, too wimpy. Women don't want to be viewed as gentle because they're trying to make it in a, a man's world to be tough. Being gentle is seen as weakness. And a gentle person to this world is a pushover and lacks assertiveness. To the world, gentleness equals a doormat. People would just walk over you. Younger people today, they may go through a door and you're walking behind them and they'll just let it close. But do it to them? Other people, it's your problem that I'm not getting to work on time even though I didn't get up early and I'm gonna go as fast as I need to and you better get out of the way because I'll just run you over without signaling. And it's your fault. Well, those that have that attitude wherever we go, we don't need to adapt that attitude to enforce our feelings on them. God is on my side. Say that with me. Say it again. And he is. He's not going to let you go out there and let Satan run all over you. And God will protect you. God will take care of you. God is watching out for you every minute of every day. And as Christians... As Christians, we're called to be different. Unfortunately, Christians seem just as willing to burn people as those who do not claim to be Christ's followers. We don't find the attributes of gentleness, meekness, or mildness and humility attractive because even we're into power with Arnold Schwarzenegger and with Rambo and all these other movies that where they get revenge. We're into those kind of things because that's what we keep seeing and feeding our mind. But that's not God's way. We need to understand that being meek or mild, humble or gentle doesn't mean that we lack power. Rather, we choose to hand over our power and control to God. So if somebody does mistreat us, they think, aren't you going to do something about that? I very well could. I could make them pay. You could make them pay. But instead, when we're wronged, we can turn that over to God and say, Lord God, you take care of this because doesn't the Bible say that God says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. And so, we don't need to say, God, I got this, I'll take it from here. 
you can't go to a, a professional ball game anymore and be for the other team. You better be careful because they don't like that. You get on the, the light rail to ride back to San Jose or if you live in this direction or even to the North Bay in the other direction, you better be careful if you're one in the minority there and your team happened to win or lose. It's like you can't go places anymore. It's like they, they check the way you walk, the way you dress, the way you, they'll look at you and you better not look back. Well, it doesn't mean that we're afraid and it doesn't mean that we live in fear. It means that I'm not gonna take out my aggression on you just because you're angry. You don't have control over me to make me angry. How many know what I'm talking about? You, you don't have that right. So I'm gonna clarify this for you. This spiritual quality of gentleness, it is strength. It's power that is harnessed. It's channeled and it's controlled. I could knock you out. I could make you pay for what you did, but I don't. I control it. I don't have anything to prove. You're not in, in, in a competition with another person. You don't have to prove anything to them, even though other people are watching you or somebody wants to see you get beat up so they say, hey, you gonna take that, bro? You gonna, you gonna let them get away with that? Well, you know what, maybe now is not the time. And I don't appreciate you egging me out. If you got a problem with it, you deal with it. I don't live my life for you, I live my life for him. Come on, give him a hand of praise. And Jesus, Jesus lived his entire life that way. He chose to empty himself, to come to this earth and humbly submit to the Father's will, even to the point of dying on a cross. The creator of everything, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ, God, came here and he didn't come acting like God. He came as a human being. So he humbled himself lower and lower and lower. He had to go to the restroom. He had to cry. He got uh, sand in his eyes. He sweated. He became even as we are. Even so much so, he's the only one that could actually have the tattoo born to die because that's why he came. And to die for us, to give his life for us, not so that we can abuse other people or not so that we can be angry to prove how tough we are, but so that we would have an example that Jesus did it, Jesus suffered. They put a crown of thorns on his head and they hit him with a stick and drove them thorns into his head. They covered his face and they hit him and said, tell us who struck you that time if you're a prophet. They spit in his face. They hurled abusive statements at him. If you're the son of God, come down and then we'll follow you. How many know he could have come down off that cross? And do you know that he had over 12 legions of angels? A legion is between two and 6,000. And if one angel, I told you last week, destroyed 185,000 of Israel's enemies by himself, you know that while Jesus was being beaten, those angels were standing there looking at God the Father and looking at Jesus saying, why are they doing that to him? Just say the word and we'll wipe this earth out. But Jesus, he said, Father, forgive them. 
they don't know what they're doing. And when we let anger take over in our lives and we become abusive, we don't realize what we're doing. I would even go so far to say that the abusive man was abused as a child. It started there and it just keeps following generation after generation. And then the woman that's abused is so afraid to get away from that person and will say, but, but I love him, but you just told me he beats you. I know, but, but I love him. You are losing your identity of who you are in Christ. And I wouldn't dare, I would not stand up here and hurl accusations or abuses at the abuser because there I go, but for the grace and the mercy of God. So I wouldn't dare do that, and I don't want to condemn. That's not my purpose up here. But wouldn't you agree with Pastor Mike that that's got to stop? And we need to bring peace back into the families and the homes, especially where the children are at. Come on. Gentleness shows its true power when circumstances are at their worst. Gentleness, though, doesn't avoid conflict. Rather, it shows us how we can disagree without being disagreeable. Watch. You're not doing that to me anymore. I'm not created by God for you to slap around, for you to pull my hair, or for you to grab me or my kids because you're hurting them and leaving them bruised. If you're dealing with that, I don't know, I don't know what happened to make a person abusive to another person. But I know even they can come to God. And you give God a hand of praise right there for his mercy and his goodness. Because gentleness is meant to be a hallmark of the Christian life. That's what they should know about us as children of God. It's not an optional extra. However, gentleness doesn't come naturally to us. Be honest with me. How many would admit to that? Some of you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Wait, 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 what are we talking about? So let me repeat it. Hey, don't make me mad. No, not really. <laughs> gentleness is meant to be a hallmark of a Christian life. It's not an op optional extra. However, it does not come naturally to us. We have no ability to manufacture it through human effort. When something is in opposition to you, something is is getting your goat, as they say. Something is infuriating you. Something's upsetting you, making you angry. You can't just manufacture this spiritual quality of gentleness. You actually have to cry out to the Holy Spirit and say, God, give me the strength to harness this anger and aggression. Because I'll tell you something. The one that is making you angry is not God. He would never do that. It's Satan. He wants to destroy your home your family, your marriage, your employment. He wants to give you such a bad name, no one wants anything to do with you. That comes from the devil. That comes from Satan. And that's what Pastor Mike is saying. It doesn't come naturally to us to be kind. But we need to be. It takes a lot of strength, especially if you're a man and you work around nothing but men and they're in construction and they're F-bombing all day long, and they know you're a child of God, they know you're a Christian, and then they don't even call you by your name. They start calling you, hey, preacher man. Oh, here comes a man of God. 
and you still need to respect them because that's what God wants you to do. You say, well, why am I there? Because they need to know God loves them also, and that's why God has his children there in the darkest of places. How then do I develop the spiritual fruit of gentleness in my life? We can accomplish this by allowing the Holy Spirit into our lives to guide us and to transform us. And you're the only one that knows if you need to be transformed. Pastor Mike is not going to use some prophetic utterance tonight and point you out. That's not what I do. But if the Holy Spirit during this sermon is telling you you need to give your heart to the Holy Spirit and let him control you, then I would encourage you to obey him. He will not automatically operate in the life of a Christian just because you're a Christian. A transformed life only happens as we surrender to and cooperate with him. And I'll tell you something. He doesn't yell. He whispers. Well, I didn't hear him. You heard God. No one sounds like God. God will talk to you. You can't go, who is that? You know full well who that is. And you can't say, well, I'm not a pastor. Pastors are not the only ones that hear from God. You do. Men and women do hear from God. Watch this. We'll see if you lie in church. How many would say, I've never heard from God? Everybody say, mm-hmm. No, come on. Everybody say, mm-hmm. There you go. We've all heard from God. Don't do that. Don't go in there. Leave that person alone. You know what's going to happen if you pursue that course of action. Say, well, I didn't know that was God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who'd you think it was? I don't know, but we better get more Pepto-Bismol because I'm hearing things. <laughs> Choosing the Holy Spirit is an absolute necessity for victorious Christian living. If you want to be victorious, you cannot do it on your own. Why? Because the power of a fruitful life does not lie with the believer. It lies in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's another indication, not a condemnation. It's an indication you need the Holy Spirit in this area. Because when anger comes on you and you want to hurt somebody, that's an indication you need the Holy Spirit right at that moment. And you, you can actually call out to him and say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Because he'll turn to Jesus and say, now we're getting somewhere. Instead of you winding up, the police handcuff you, take you and incarcerate you, and now you have a court date. When and behind the bars, what are you thinking? Man, I shouldn't have done that. And then when you get out, people say, oh, you're the guy that did that, huh? You're the woman that did that, huh? You don't want that reputation. You want a reputation that you have self-control, that you can handle it. As you progress in your Christian experience, Learn to calm down. Turn to the person next to you and say, calm down. <laughs> Look back at them and say, hey, don't be telling me to calm down. <laughs> no one likes that. You're losing it, and they go, hey, 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 calm down. Don't be telling me to calm down, man. 
No one likes that. Again, the picture of gentleness is a horse. And a horse lets them put a bit and a bridle in its mouth and ride it and go in the direction that the rider wants. The horse could buck that rider off if he wanted and kill him with his hooves. But he has controlled strength. That's what gentleness is, controlled strength. He calms himself down. He has the power to knock the rider off, but he doesn't. He harnesses his power to become productive. This is what Pastor Mike's telling you. I'm not condemning anyone for because you get angry. I'm encouraging you to go to the Holy Spirit of God and cry out to him for, I need more of your grace to be the type of man or woman you want me to be. Give God a hand of praise. Thank you. Watch this. When I know that God provides for me, you said it earlier. How many know that God provides for you? Okay. I'm short, so I didn't see your hand when you did this. Thank you in the back. How many know God provides for you? Okay. I told you all over the world they're watching us. What are you ashamed? I know that God provides for me. I know that God defends me. How many know that? I know that God guides me. What was that? <laughs> it's easier for me to regard others with a gentle spirit. Hear me on this. Because they call it human nature, but because we're all people, we're all human, we all have different responsibilities, Things are going to get you. They're going to get to you. They're going to, I said, turn that off. You've got things you got to do. But it's at that moment when don't make people afraid of you. Don't make people want to avoid you. Learn to realize I need a break. I need some time off. Can we do this later? I'm not asking you to leave here tonight and never get angry, I can't even do that. So it wouldn't be right for me to do that. It's better to say, I encourage you to talk to the Holy Spirit and say, I really need you right now, because <laughs> if you don't help me, I'm about to say or do something I'm gonna regret later on. You see, as a child of God, you weren't created by God to be embarrassed. You weren't created by God to be humiliated or ridiculed. You don't want people to look at you as one of God's children and go, here she comes again, here he comes again. We should be like a light in the darkness. When we show up, people should say, man, am I glad you're here, instead of, man, I'll be glad when they leave. Why should I be offended if I'm not responsible for my defense? Well, if God's such a good God, why does he do this? You don't need to defend God. God doesn't need an attorney, especially for you to be his attorney. Say, I don't know why God did that. Why don't you ask him? I'm not God. Ask the Lord if you don't understand something. Don't be getting on me. I don't represent him 
as his attorney. But when it comes to me defending myself, I'm not responsible for my defense. God is. But you have to give it to him. I give you this situation. This is hurting me. I'm about to lose it, Lord. So you're responsible to give it to him. Why should I be proud or haughty if God fights my battles and he wins my victories? Why should I feel I have to prove to others how powerful I am? You died. You were born again. You came alive to God. So you don't matter and neither do I. God matters in us now. Why should I compete? Why should I argue? Let somebody else win. Try it. You know what? You could be right. If it's hard to you to say you are right, just say, you know what? You could be right. So back off once in a while till you learn it. Why? Who am I really competing or arguing with? Who wants me to fight you? Who wants me to be mad at you? Who wants me to put you down? Who wants me to ignore you or mistreat you? It's not the Lord. It's Satan. He doesn't want you to have a happy home. He doesn't want you to have peace in your home. He doesn't want you to live with joy and to be glad to go home. He wants you to resent the people you live with and to resent where you work and to resent who you are and who you're becoming. God is not doing that to you. We're not here. We're, we're, we're not the beautiful people of Hollywood, so we're not here to impress anyone. We're not responsible to make everyone happy. You are not responsible for someone else's emotional well-being. If you're trying to control another person, if you take it as your responsibility for them, you can't even control yourself. How are you going to control someone else? Try it one time. Say, excuse me, but would you mind if we pray right now? I think we need to pray. I have a friend that says, are you sure you want to go there? Are you sure you want to do this? That's a question we need to ask ourselves. Because later on, maybe I'll avoid you because of what I said to you or how I treated you. And I don't want to be looked upon like that, and I know you don't. So gentleness with others is a sign of strength and a sign of maturity. Competition and discord with others is a sign of spiritual immaturity and weakness. Another reason for having a gentle spirit with others is because gentleness is an attribute of God. And is that not why you're here tonight? to become more like him. If you love him, give him a hand of praise. If Christ showed gentleness and compassion with me, shouldn't I show gentleness and compassion to others? I have made this statement. If and when God calls me home, 
I don't want people to talk about, man, that guy could preach, or that guy could do this, or he was good with that. It really doesn't matter. There's only two things I want to be known for, and only two things I want said if there is a funeral. And I want the woman I'm married to to say them. Because if people say, are you a Christian? I say, why you ask me? Ask her. She'll tell you if I'm a Christian or not. The only thing I want said at my funeral is, that man, that man loved God. That man was a Christian. That's what you want said about you, right? That's what you want him to say about you. That man loved God. That woman loved God. And the second thing I want said about me is that my wife would say, that man loved me. He loved me. What else? What else? What else do you want to be known for? You don't need to say, I know he's in heaven. How do you know? But this is what pastor is telling you. I want people to say about you, that man, that woman is a Christian. That man or that woman loves God. That man or that woman loves their family. So tonight, and this is hard for me, because I don't want to embarrass anyone. But the purpose of the altar is not so I can take notes and see who came up here. The purpose of the altar is that you would respond to the grace of God. And so if you have been or if you notice that you're more likely to be abusive, especially to those weaker that cannot defend themselves, I'm asking you, to come to the altar and kneel down and give your heart to God and cry out for the Holy Spirit to give you this spiritual fruit of gentleness. And if you live in a family where you're abused and you have nowhere to go and you don't know what to do, it takes a lot of grace. But come up here to the altar and ask God to give you the grace because he did not create you to be abused. That's not why he gave you life so someone can slap you and pull your hair or beat you. And if you're here tonight with someone that comes up to the altar, man or woman, I ask you, please come with them if you know them. Put your hand on them and pray with them. So as Pastor Jeremy leads us in this song, I'm asking you to come to the altar tonight. Come on. And I'm loved by you it's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. Bye. 
myself have fallen to my knees and cried and said, God, I don't want to be like that. I really don't. My human nature wants me to. But I can imagine what it's like were I to hurt someone by my words or by my actions, or even with just my eyes to look at you, and then to see you somewhere else when we're not in church. Because I would certainly remember how I treated you, and I don't want to do that. But the pastor, I say it again, is not your judge. I don't judge you. How I became a pastor, I came to the altar and I knelt down and I gave my life to Jesus Christ so many years ago I knelt down and gave my life to Jesus Christ and that's what you're doing and trust me church I respect you so much for being man or woman enough to do what you did and I'm sorry that you've experienced so much pain loneliness or rejection or you feel in your heart that it's hard to forgive the person that abused you when you were small and you became an abuser because I know someone was mean to you. Ask him now. Ask him for his forgiveness. Whether you were abused or you're an abuser, ask him for his grace, ask him for his mercy. That's the privilege you have to cry out to God. That's what you can do right now. Cry out to him and ask him. And he will hear you and answer you. He loves you so much. I wish I could love you as much as God loves you. But how could I ever do that? But I do know that your pastor will respect you. And your pastor pastor will look to you with encouragement and with love. Heavenly Father, hear their cries. Extend your hand of mercy to every one of them. Be kind to them, Lord God, and give them your soothing presence where they hurt so much. Do not let them remember the abuse they have had or the abusiveness that they created. Give them peace tonight when they sleep and restore their smile back to them. Heal their heart, heal their heart. Should there be drugs involved, remove those drugs from their life. Do not let any other substance control you but the Holy Spirit. I put God's blessing upon you. I put God's love on you. And I put God's peace there for you. And you don't ever have to be ashamed, ever. You're a child of God. God bless you, church. I love you. Good night.